0: You know, when I was at the uh, uh, Museum of Science, there's a big, uh, there's a big uh, sign over there, that um, I mean, was several years ago, I'm not sure if it's there now, but it said over there, uh, quote, and this is from, uh, from Einstein, they said, he says over there that the world is a dangerous place, not so much because of the people that do evil, I mean, I'm paraphrasing, not exactly, but for all that, stand by and do nothing about it. Uh, Something to that effect, they quote him as saying. Uh, Most of the time, uh, we are inclined not to take a stand. We are inclined to sort of go along with the flow. We don't want to make waves, we don't want to stand out. It was interesting, we were sitting at a Shabbos table, we had quite an extensive group of people at the table, and somebody put forth a question to the people of the table and i can maybe put the same question forth for you somebody asked a question can anybody recount one story in which they took a stand against what the popular what the expect expected just to go against the flow to do what's right, you know, you know that this is right, and you were not afraid to speak up, to stand up, to do something, even though it wasn't popular, even though it wasn't something that uh, people uh, would go along with, and maybe you would be ridiculed. I mean, have you ever encountered a bully, and, uh, and you took a stand, and you said no? even though you may be the one after that to get the, to be bullied, right? So if you stand up to the bully, you might get bullied yourself, right? So most people, so it's interesting, by the table as we were sitting, and we asked, can anybody remember an incident in which they stood up? Nobody came up. One person came up with an incident and said, I remember when I should have done the right thing and I didn't do. (laughs) That was the only one they could get up. I mean, I'd like to ask this question, I don't really want to take up the class with that, but uh, to stand up is very, very difficult. to, to, To do what's right, what you know in your heart is right, and you know that you should do, so maybe you know it in your head, and maybe you know it in your heart, but to actually go and do it, it takes a tremendous amount of courage. It takes a tremendous amount of determination to go ahead and do something what you believe it's right. What made Moshe Rabbeinu for a leader, if you look at all these three stories, Moshe Rabbeinu stood up. He didn't just uh, go on with his routine, but when something took place, when something bad happened, he got involved. That meant that he was a leader who has the backbone, he has the what it takes to lead, to make decisions, to do things that are right way. Let's go through inside. And before we do that, how old do you think Moshe Rabbeinu was when he did all this? How old was, that's what my second question over here, if you read, is how old was Moshe when he saw an Egyptian man striking a Hebrew man of his brothers? You're going to see that Moshe Rabbeinu was not yet even 13. He was not even 13 yet. And still, at that point, at a young age, he already, when he saw somebody beating up or somebody else, he didn't look the other way. He got involved. And he risked his own life. He risked his own safety. Because he got involved. And then the second story we read about... One second. The second story we read about would be about the second story when he saw two Jewish men quarreling he didn't just go by and said it's not my business why get involved he got involved and he started telling them he started telling them off don't do that stop that's not right he got involved and finally this third story we will read you'll see that that's when the shepherds were attacking these uh, young uh, women that were out there taking care of the, of the, she- of the uh, pasturing the, f- the drink, giving the, the, the sheep, the, the, the cattle, giving them to drink. And they were attacked by all these uh, sh- other shepherds. So they had a regular routine. They would go and they would chase them and they run away from them. And this one day, when Moshe was there, he got involved, and he saved them, and they were able to uh, take the water with dignity. Whatever they needed to do over there, without being harassed and subjugated to all that kind of of, of uh, troubles that they that they had from the other shepherds. That tells us what is the Torah. I just guessing that the Torah tells us to that because this is sort of the introduction. Why did all of a sudden God choose Moshe Rabbeinu and say, go take the Jewish people out of Egypt? Why Moshe Rabbeinu? The Torah gave us a little bit of history before that to tell us that Moshe Rabbeinu was somebody who cared. And the most important thing is, not only he cared, but he did something about it. He took a stand. That was the quality, that was the qualification that made Moshe Rabbeinu into a leader. What were you going to say? Oh, that's a very good question. You say, "How did he have the ability to kill him?" Uh, Rashi says that he actually killed them by using the shame Hamaphorish. He knew God's name and he was able to kill him spiritually through a different way. But that's a, but that, that's what Rashi says. I'm not sure whether he had. He probably was a, st- a strong kid. Also, he wasn't just a, a kid. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Did they say it a little louder? She did. but I, w- I would actually say that one of the questions that I ask later on, did he actually deserve I mean, so what did he do? He was beating up on somebody. I mean, I mean, Jews got daily beatings over there from the Egyptians and from the taskmasters. It seemed like this was something unique, and that's why Rashi explains, we will see, that that, was, that wasn't just an ordinary somebody giving somebody a beating or something like that in which they, they pushed him to work. This was beyond, went way beyond that, and he was actually, that person that the Egyptian was beating was actually in danger of his life. I mean, the guy was really beating up on him, as we'll see a little bit later when we'll get to it. But the point over here is, it's correct. Well, people can kill each other easier. Well, that's uh, different, different, uh, different things. But we, we, we will talk about it soon. But the point, the first question, we're going to read inside, and everybody's going to have a turn to read inside. But the first thing I just wanted to point out is to see what it took to make a leader. It took to make a leader, Moshe Rabbeinu, uh even at a young age started. So how do we know how old Moshe Rabbeinu was? So I, I, let's do first, let's do verse uh, 10, and we'll go around the table. Uh, which way we are going to start? Let's start from you over there. Okay. Start with verse you. Do the Hebrew and English, just the English, whatever you feel more comfortable with. The child grew up, and she brought him to Paro's daughter, and he became like her son. She named him Moses, and she said, "For a journey from the waters." Okay, what does it mean in the words the child grew up? What is Growing up mean over here in this context. What is me up? Okay, good. But what specifically? Not a baby, good. Specifically, a Rashi will say to a Yeah, hi, good. Rashi will say he grew big. Now that doesn't mean sometimes we uh, interpret gadol. Becoming an adult would mean like bat or bat bar mitzvah or of age. of. In this case, Rashi doesn't say, Rashi says he became big just to become a tall, grown, a grown boy now. Now he used to be a boy, now he's no longer a boy because he became tall. That means vayigdal. That fits why, who's going to do the second verse? Because look what it says immediately in verse Yudalaf, what does it say over there? English. Okay, so now it says in the verse, the way it says in the English over here, it says, Now it came to pass in those days that Moshe grew up. Now, what, what is the verse trying to tell us over here? Yeah, okay, go ahead. Right. Rashi says that the second by Yigdal but actually the way the English uh, uses the words the translation it, 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 it sort of uh, bypasses the question they say it a little differently look, look, clear, look, look closely, what is the English words how are they used here? they say now it came to pass in those days that Moshe grew up so these are still referencing what we said before this is not something new but in the Hebrew, in the Chumash, it says, it doesn't say, that Moshe. It says, means that he became, this is a second, a second Gadol. There is one Gadol that we talked about before, and this is a second Gadol. But I want to ask, before we go there, I want to ask you, why is Rashi, why is the verse even telling us it was in those days? Why is it saying to us and it was in those days. Because we are trying to place this story that's taking place now, not at a different time, but at the same time that it happened before, which means while he was still a child, we're trying, the Torah wants to tell us that this that I'm going to tell you later on, that I'm going to explain to you now, is not a different later time than before when he's an adult already would experience and he's had, uh, you know, a lot, of, uh, a lot of things to deal with. No. The Torah is saying, It wasn't those days. He was still a child. And the Torah's in, intent is on telling us, look how he behaved even as a child. So why does it say, as it says... In the verse, it says "Va'yigdal Moshe," that Moshe became big. But we just said he became big. Rashi says it doesn't mean it's a second level; the same big, it's the same, it's the same time. Age didn't change. It was by Yamim Ha'Im. It's not a change of age, but "Va'yigdal Moshe" means that Moshe was appointed. But it doesn't say, if you notice, "Va'yigadlu Moshe." So it's Vayigdal Moshe, Moshe became big, which means he was appointed, but why, how could you appoint a kid to become uh, a leader? It was Vayigdal Moshe, it's really mostly, it came from himself, Moshe became a Gadol, he became responsible, he became the quality that it takes to become a Gadol. So this Vayigdal Moshe is emphasizing That at the time that he became tall, it was also at that same time, (laughs) Moshe not only became tall, not only did he become physically big, but he became great at that time. How did his greatness express itself? So the verse goes out. He goes out and he sees the burdens of his brethren. And then what he sees is He sees that an Egyptian man is smiting, is beating up on a Jewish man of his brothers. Now, like I said before, sometimes Moshe Rabbeinu could have looked the other way, could have not seen. He was protected. He was from the tribe of Levi. He was now in the house of the king anyways. He was in the Moshe in in Pharaoh's house he didn't have to worry he could have said I'm okay I'm fine I got nothing to worry about no he takes a stand now I asked the question over here before I said why did the Egyptian deserve death just for beating somebody okay maybe for beating somebody you deserve death but this for Rashi I won't go through the whole details. but Rashi has a whole commentary and I think that Rashi's commentary is actually coming to explain to us, and Rashi's telling us the whole story, what he actually did, that he wasn't just a regular beating. Rashi was saying that he did a lot of other terrible stuff to him, that he beat him up, and what he did to him and to his wife, and therefore, he was actually trying to maybe even kill him. But it doesn't matter. He was beating up on him in a very bad way, So that's why. What stand did he take? He took a stand, and what did he do? He got involved. That means that's the sign of a true leader. He got involved, he got involved, and he didn't look away. Now, as you see, as we go on and read the story, it progresses. So in this case, why did he get involved? That was. To save, basically, that Jewish man from the Egyptian, right? But in the next case, we're going to see that it's not only when it was a l- case of danger, it was also when there was no danger, when he saw people fighting. Who's going to do the next verse? Do the next verse? Do verse um, 12. Do verse 12 for me? Minehu Bakol. Good. To the English. He turned this way and that way and saw that there was no man to struck the Egyptian and him and the sand. Okay. This is what happened before we they continued this story before. Continue, next verse. Okay, so my question to you was these people that were fighting there do you think they, they were distinguished people of the community, who were these people that were fighting over there my question is the two people that were quarreling were they fine people, what do you think yes go ahead these people they were and throughout the Chumash Way, way later, 80 years later, 90 years later, way later, they are still always causing trouble. Somehow they had this thing up against Moshe Rabbeinu, right? Now, one would think if you see two bad people or two people who are sort of always getting into trouble, if they're fighting each other, what should Moshe Rabbeinu do? Fight it out. (laughs) <laughs> you know, whatever. Yeah, go ahead. We don't know that they're bad, so right now we don't know that they're back. Very good. So
1: later, so good,
0: good point. Now, you're saying we don't know, because we haven't read the whole Torah yet, we don't know the Parsha, we don't know what happened there later on. But one can assume that the people that lived around these people, and these people finding, they probably had some indication I understand what you're saying. We don't have that information till we read that story later on, and also later on with Korach, they got involved. They got involved all the time with the money. But I'm just saying it. And how do I know to here? There's actually an indication over here, because look at the words. What does he say to him? He said to him, "Why are you going to strike? What does it say? Why are you going to strike home? Your friend." What do you mean your friend? He's striking him. What is he saying? You're striking your friend? How do you come? You strike a friend. You strike an enemy, not a friend. What do you mean your friend? So Rashi says, your friend, as evil as you. I mean, you're both, they were They were both sort of friends in this context that they were both into uh, into no good. They were up to no good. But here, so what does Moshe Rabbeinu again? What does he get involved with? He gets involved in between One bad beating up on another bad. Or one guy trying. But this wasn't a life or death. They weren't killing each other. Not like by the Egyptian that was Egyptian man. Still, the Torah is telling us, is going step by step, is telling us how Moshe Rabbeinu became the leader. Because Moshe Rabbeinu never stood by. He got involved. He took action. In this case, he took action just even if, it, even if he didn't have to so much take action. He could have ignored it. He could have said, listen, they're evil, let them fight it. He could have said, what's going to happen? So he'll smite him. So he'll smite him back. them." Why did he have to get involved? No. Moshe Rabbeinu sees something wrong and he takes a stand and guess what? And it gets him into trouble. Because as you're going to see, they went, And they went, and later on, they went and they told Pharaoh. And Pharaoh wanted to kill him. He he hired him. Just miraculously, Moshe Rabbeinu was saved. Because he wanted to kill him. So when Moshe Rabbeinu got involved, he didn't just get involved. He paid a price for it. He paid a very strong price for it. He could have lost his life because of getting involved. Did that stop Moshe Rabbeinu from getting involved? No. And again, the Torah emphasizes, this was by he, by Yom Hashemi. What is the Torah telling us? Look, Moshe Rabbeinu at a young age, before now. How do I know that he was before bar mitzvah? Even I said we said that he grew up. He was he became a leader. How do we know he was before bar mitzvah? For that, we're going to do the next verse. You do the next verse for me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah verse fourteen. Uh, okay can okay. say it a little loud in here did you say it in english i it took me a few minutes to find the page and you already finished the verse okay do it again uh, you, oh you can do the whatever is comfortable both or whatever i don't I don't know what you did so I can't tell you I don't know the answer to your question what did you do you did the Hebrew and the english okay so do you want to do the Hebrew too do down English again if you don't mind. And he retorted, Who made you a man, prince, and a judge over us? Who planted slaves and slaves in Egyptian? Most of the king's argument said, We desire to speak with him. Okay, so look at the words. And he retorted. Who What was the words? Who made, um, who, made you a man. who made you a man? That implies that he wasn't a man yet. In other words, what they were being degrading to Moshe and saying, you're not even a man yet. Who made you into a man? So this is an indication implies that Moshe Rabbeinu was all of 11 or 12 years old. He wasn't 13 years old yet. And yet, look at Moshe Rabbeinu. He sees an Egyptian trying to beat up on a Jewish man, he gets involved. He sees two Jewish people fighting, he gets involved. But in all of these cases, there was a physical danger over here. And the Torah isn't satisfied by giving us this example. And finally, the Torah gives us again a third example. Why don't you read for me? And verse fifteen. There, yeah, oh, I'm sorry. It's not fifteen. It's sixteen. Sorry, Go ahead. No, one second. We're no, 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 no. You're doing seven. I want you to do the smaller. The, the, I don't know for some reason they printed smaller. Verse sixteen. Okay, next verse, 17. Now, who says next? Next? Yes. Yes? Yeah? Here again. Moshe Bain a stranger. He's coming to a new place. He doesn't know the people. He doesn't know anything. He sees injustice. He sees something terrible happening. And here there is... Many shepherds over there, right? He's only one. And they had their routine. They had the routine to chase away these uh, daughters of the Koyan Midyan. They had their routine. And they had a grudge. They had a, a reasoning for that because he gave up Abu bodhisattva. Rashi explained, so they were upset about that. But whatever the case is, Moshe Rabbeinu, a stranger, why do you have to get involved? Who asked you? Who are you anyways? But not Moshe Rabbeinu, you see? I think the Torah is telling us here over here what made Moshe Rabbeinu that caring, but more than just caring leader, somebody who takes action, somebody who gets involved, somebody who risks their own safety, somebody who risks their own comfort zone, wherever they feel comfortable. They go out of it just to make sure and to see to it that other people don't get hurt, that are protected. And that what is the introduction. This leads us to the next section of the Chumash. Why Hashem says to Moshe Rabenu that I am going to send you to uh, become the um, savior, the one who is going to take out the Jewish people from the, um, from slavery. Now, why is it? Why is it what you see is we hear that today most leaders they say you know how do you say it? how do you say it? most leaders today that we know today they run for office right they don't walk for office they run why they're running for office they want to be there <laughs> real quick but the most people that run for office aren't actually fit because if they would be fit for office they wouldn't be running to they would take the awesome responsibility and the challenges that really being a leader really is it's. Something. If you take it seriously, you actually go very slowly, and you make sure you're basically pushed into it. You're basically forced into it. Again, uh, yelling and screaming, not wanting to do so, but uh, that's what you. That's what you do. Now, I don't know. We don't have that much time to uh, to uh, finish up. Really, what I was going to discuss today, because I wanted to also discuss today, not just about. Uh, the Jewish leader, but I wanted to also discuss about today, about the discussion between Moshe Rabbeinu and the Jewish people and Hashem. Uh, we're, Hashem says to me, they'll ask me, what's his name? What is God's name? And I wanted to bring out the explanation over here that what kind of question is it, what's God's name? Because what the people were trying to find out Over here, what Moshe Rabbeinu was sort of yelling to Hashem, saying, what's your name? He says, if you, God, really care, this is not really what the Jews were going to say. Moshe Rabbeinu is really saying to God, and what he's saying to Hashem is, God, if you care about your people, if you care about the Jewish people, so why do you allow for such suffering? Why do you allow for all this to take place if you have the ability? Then you say, oh, I feel bad for the... Jewish people, they see them suffering, I'm going to take them out. But if you feel bad for them and you're going to take them out, why do you allow them to suffer so long? Why does it take so long for you? So how do I explain this? How does Hashem explain? How does Moshe Rabbeinu said, how am I going to explain it to the Jewish people and going to say that, that God is merciful, God cares about you, God wants is, is, is feeling your pain? So the Jewish people are going to say, Moshe Rabbeinu, it's really Moshe Rabbeinu saying to God, he's saying, well, I'm going to tell them. God cares about you if he cares about us. Why, why, why is he allowing all this to happen? And it's interesting that um, Hashem's response to Moshe Rabbeinu was, is that all the tzoras that the Jewish people have, it's not like God has neglected them. But it's, so to speak, Hashem's problem as well. Hashem is also, if God is... not And God sort of answers at the end of the parsha, which I wanted to discuss, and again, I don't have enough time today to do that, but um, I wanted to discuss to show that uh, God is with us, but it's not visible to us to always understand the ways of Hashem. So it is true that God is compassionate, that God cares. God has certain plans and certain uh, orders the way He orchestrates the way things should take place, and only be known to Him, because he's a Hashem, the reason why uh, things happen. And that's why it's actually, it says that, on one hand, Moshe Rabbeinu didn't want to know reasons, because uh, knowing is sometimes a reason why bad things happen doesn't help. We have to have empathy, we have to care, we have to feel for somebody who has a problem, not to know or to explain their problem. That's not what we need to know. We need to feel for somebody and help them. But anyways, we covered today a little bit, we learned a little bit about what makes a real leader. Moshe uh three girls didn't get a chance to say a POSIC, but I don't know. It's of more value to keep everybody longer. I think you got to go to the next class, so next time we'll make sure. To uh, remember to uh, get you an extra plastic, so we make sure to cover everybody. Okay, guys, you were great, and um, see you next week in Brit